On this episode, we discuss the legend of Hercules. It's the one without the rock. Flophouse. I'm Dan McCoy. Hey! Are you going to say your name? Oh, or? You asshole. <laughs> hey! I'm Stuart Wellington. And I'm Elliot Kalin. No needed, <laughs> no prompt needed to get me to say my name. Um, Elliot Kalin, I'll say it whenever. So Elliot Kalin. <laughs> so so <laughs> out like there, a, like bizarre continue. or something. So out there in the audience. Elliot Kalin. <laughs> yeah. It's like we never left, but it's been a while since we've all been together. Yeah, we pre we set up we, we some uh, episodes so that they could be released yeah. while we were on vacation. Yeah, uh, as I think the Germans is that say, Greek? Is that Japanese, Elliot, yeah, ancient Greek, vacationalies. They called it. <laughs> Elliot was in California. I was in England. Not a not a competition, but I won. Um, yeah, because the weather in England was much better than it beautiful. was in California. And the weather is all you care about. This guy, culture. Yeah, come on. Shakespeare, but, uh, I got yeah, you guys. Wimbledon, Cali- yeah, Shakespeare of California. Guys, I got you. Romeo and Juliet. I got you some gifts. <laughs> oh, that's nice. My, you didn't do that, do that, Dan. Uh, for you, Elliot, I got you the inexplicable uh, British cartoon magazine <laughs> Viz. Oh, thanks, I guess. <laughs> Try and figure out what's going on <laughs> in these British comics. Well, I know it involves all my favorite characters according to the cover: Roger Melly, Eight Ace, <laughs> George Beastiel. That doesn't sound very good, and. Uh, other characters I've never heard of. Fat Slags is also named here. And for Stuart, thanks. A copy Dan. of the Lad Mag <laughs> Zoo. Oh man, which Zoo advertises unbelievably busty brunettes. Okay, well the, I'm up for that. Yeah, uh, Dan, There's I also have accepted busty brunettes. <laughs> oh, I know some of these. Well, England um, is the only nation whose <laughs> lust for busty women. Stuart, you know some we're being recorded, favorites. right? <laughs> uh, I recognize these there's cleavages. Been big, there's been a big uh, hole in my life ever since Nuts magazine. <laughs> <laughs> my Nuts. my favorite my my favorite British lads mag just mm-hmm. uh, ended its run. And featured a crying Lucy Pinder on its final cover. Oh, how could you do that to Lucy? I know, and that's thanks, Dan. This is sure. a great gift. So, Dan, what is this? So, this is a gift giving podcast. podcast, and I can't help but see that neither of you have gotten me anything. Uh, well, I would have gotten you something from California. Apparently, you think it's terrible. Uh, wait, hold on. You predicted that I would think that? Yeah, because I know you. Uh, no, I love California. I just uh, you know, Dan loves all the states. Yeah. Except for uh, Montana. It knows what it did. <laughs> but uh, this is a movie podcast primarily. It's a, a time-killing no, podcast. We're not going to talk about our vacations more. I didn't go on one, so... <laughs> we're just trying to irritate sure. that guy who was annoyed that we spent 15 minutes until, before we got into Upside oh, Down. That comment really got took you... Under got your under your Yeah. Um, it's stuck in the old craw. You're going to have to see a craw specialist have that removed. How is old craw, by the way? <laughs> well, I'm right here, Dan. Ask me to my face. How's your goiter, old craw? Uh, it's kind of a private question, but which one? <laughs> the neck one. Oh, oh, well, it's coming along quite nicely. It's almost ripe enough to pop. Well, do you mind, do you mind if we you... stick some things in you? 
<laughs> well, that's what old Craw is here for. I have uh, some, Stick them in. I have some cocktail toothpicks. Look like little swords. Sure, there's some space left in my arm. I have an actual sword. How about that? Uh, maybe put that in uh, somewhere to thumb something else. Well, thanks for stopping by, old Craw. No, I can stick around. <laughs> old Craw doesn't have a lot of how about, friends. How about some uh, corn on the cob holders that look like old corns on the cob? <laughs> you got Do they come with corn? Old Craw's a little hungry. <laughs> no, oh, no. It's been a long time since old Craw could afford a hot meal. This is... I'm what you call a, no- a non-volunteering freaking. <laughs> Do a lot of garbage scavenging. This character is, sure. is like one of those characters from like, from like lore where you, you invoke their name and then they won't leave. That's right. Give me your firstborn. Stick it in me. Oh, oh crawl. <laughs> now, which of you has a wish I may grant? <laughs> Keep in mind, oh, at least he grants wishes. Those calling for an old craw can have very dangerous consequences. <laughs> Quick, Dan, we got to smear yogurt uh, on the floor as we leave. Uh, that's the only way to appease me. Make sure it's uh, low-fat Greek yogurt. <laughs> Getting to the point, hmm. Greek stuff. Greek stuff, Greek huh? Movies. Well, I, I don't think he's a Greek movie. <laughs> we watched an American movie tonight. So, Dan, this podcast, we watch a bad movie, then we talk about yeah. it. The movie we watched tonight, The Legend of Hercules, mm-hmm. directed by one Reynolds Harlan. <laughs> yeah. Now, the last Rennie Harlan movie you forced us to watch was That's a total true. boring piece of junk. <laughs> What was but, that Devil's Pass or something? Yeah. But, so it could only go up from there. Yes, and boy did it ever for boy. much of this movie. <laughs> Here was a movie that I was expecting to be dumb. I didn't expect how dumb it would be. Mm-hmm. And uh, let's just say one thing. Any movie that manages to give Hercules some kind of lightning whip <laughs> with which he can slash at his enemies, I'm okay with that movie to a certain extent. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Should we talk about uh, this very loose rendition of the Hercules myths? Yeah, and uh, you, you guys are going to have to fill in the actual uh, Hercules. Uh, You're not going to be our stuff, expert on Hercules. Yeah, Dan doesn't really know much about Hercules. You were saying you don't like Greek myths. You find them uh, stupid. I don't find them stupid. The I, I like really them stupider. <laughs> I really want to like them. They're just so. And this is this makes sense based on how they sort of came about and were passed down. But they're so disjointed that I can't enjoy them as narrative. I feel like. But uh, I understand that many people, including yourselves, love both you of like, us. You like something a little more linear, a little mm-hmm. easier to follow. Yeah, like, like a uh, naked uh, lunch. U- ugly Betty. <laughs> <laughs> Those are the two choices you have: either the Greek myths or Ugly Betty. <laughs> that was the choice they had in ancient Greece too. They could have worshipped Zeus or Betty. Yep, that's a desert island choice. <laughs> that desert island being what Crete? But yeah, I guess so, or Minos. Mm-hmm. Home um, of the Minos birds. <laughs> Home of the Minos burger. Mmm, <laughs> <laughs> that's good beef. It's Big half surprise. man, half beef, but Big still. Surprise it has tzatziki sauce on it. <laughs> <laughs> that's the, shh, don't tell anyone our secret. Uh, it's tzatziki. tzatziki. We all know secret. it. And it's served on a pita bread instead of a bun. <laughs> Everyone knows your secret, Minos burger. <laughs> yes, we was secret Minos spices. No, you don't. It's just no, olives. It's feta cheese. <laughs> so I, uh, I get it's it. Feta cheese and olives. Yeah, and olive oil. Okay, well, but we anyway, serve it to you food. nude. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, that's different. Souvlaki. <laughs> prices. Minos burger, based on a stereotype. Now, uh, now, in the ancient Greek myths, let's just to cue anybody else in. Hercules, or as the Greeks called him. Heracles. Heracles, yeah. And uh, Stuart and I will talk a little bit about this just because both of us went through Greek myth phases when we were younger and still have affection for them. Yeah, it was it was kind of like, uh, like comic books, but before I started reading comic books. Exactly. Uh, Hercules, or Heracles, 
is a demigod, the son of Zeus. Say that every time he says Hercules. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Hercules is monster, I should say. Uh, he's a demigod, the son of Zeus, and a mortal woman who has super strength, and he mainly fights monsters. Yeah. And yeah. of course, he was uh, in a fit of rage induced by Hera, who was always trying to kill him, uh, Zeus's yeah, wife. She's jealous that he's better than any of her children. And, now. That, and she doesn't like that Zeus was not faithful to her. And that Zeus, in a way, loved his half-human, half half-godson half more than the children he had with her. Because we love our children for their flaws. Sure. Now, Dwayne The Rock Johnson has told me he's the world's first superhero. Is that correct? No, actually, Superman is the world's first superhero. I thought but, Apocalypse was. Uh, well, <laughs> are we going through real real world chronology or Apocalypse? Mm. Po- or comic book apo- uh, chronology. Apocalypse was the first mutant, of course. And Savanor, they called him in ancient <laughs> Egypt. So are we telling his story now? Or are we still telling her? I mean, we should story? start at the beginning, right? <laughs> mm. <laughs> so anyway, the in the beginning, form. there was a universe before our own. Galen, a scientist, <laughs> survived the collapse of that one, being transformed into Galactus, the world devourer. <laughs> Flash forward to 1961, oh, when a ragtag group of scientists went up into the air into space and was hit with <laughs> the air <laughs> space is the opposite of air they jumped up they were hit with radiation just turn it, turning them into the Beatles this <laughs> mott top foursome of Liverpoolians set the nation on fire on the Ed Sullivan the show whereas it was known in ancient Greece Edus <laughs> Sullivanocalypse's uh, tragedy forum now anyway Hercules uh, his story is mainly about him killing people and monsters. He gets driven mad by Hera, kills his family, and as a result, to atone, becomes the slave of this king, and the king sends him on the Twelve Labors. Yep. And uh, anyway, that's Hercules for you in a nutshell. <laughs> and try to put Hercules in a nutshell. He's not going to fit. He's a big, strong man wearing I mean, a lion skin. On the nut. If it's like the type of nut that would feed a rock bird. Yeah, that's true. It could be big, yeah. And the nuts from that mysterious island from Journey 2. The Mysterious Island. <laughs> That's and a it's not really rock. what the Mysterious Island is from originally. You know that, right? It's just, there was a bunch of big stuff on that island. <laughs> it was called Wrong, wrong Size Animal <laughs> it's Island. It's called Big Island. But this mo- so, people but, with big dreams. But the Greek myths are basically about a world in which the gods exist. They are super powerful, but they aren't, mo- they aren't particularly more moral than humans. They are powerful beings that you can curry favor with and to have their own petty passions and tempers and lusts. And this movie, in trying to make a new Hercules legend, transforms him into more of a Christ liberator figure in a way that is not totally successful. Uh, And by not totally, I mean not at all (laughs) successful. But let's tell the story. So uh, King Amphitryon of Tyres is invading (laughs) Argos, and he challenges the King of Argos to single combat. Why should we let our armies kill each other when we can settle this and save th- hundreds, if not thousands, if not millions of lives? So uh, he's actually a pretty good king. In a way, he's a good king here. He wins, and... Uh, we're, we're, we're taken to this battle through a slow zoom that takes us almost like Normandy <laughs> storming-like through a like a beach invasion. Yeah, that gets to the heart exploding. of the town. Yeah. Now they, this well, movie also, opens as if it is a first person spear thrower where you are a Greek <laughs> soldier which is a great frankly is a great idea for a video game. You know. Well, now I'm imagining like call it like <laughs> Call of Hoplite or something like that, you know. You find like more powerful spears as you're walking around. It's like, "Oh, well, here's the semi-automatic spear that I've got." <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. Uh, power-ups. My basic spear, throw that down. Speaking of power-ups, Hercules gets a pretty bitchin' power-up later when Le- Zeus throws some lightning into his sword and it turns into electric whip. 
hold on there. But we'll get there slowly, because this is the flop house, and we're killing a lot of time. <laughs> Much like Hercules slew the Nemean lion and the Hydra. But super fast, which is the opposite of what we do. Now, let's also say about this movie... Hercules is confronted with very few challenges that he doesn't defeat in about 30 seconds, and there's a lot of unnecessary slow-mo. It's like Rennie Harlan had someone describe the movie 300 to him and the movie Gladiator, and he was like, and the movie Braveheart, and he was like, I can turn those into a movie. I'll have it star Hercules. <laughs> I, like I like the idea. It's like, I could turn those into a movie. Well, Rennie, those are worth movies. They're already three hard, hit movies. Ah, I'll to... make them a movie, though. <laughs> but no, Rennie. Give me enough money that you would give to, like, give me the budget of two Sci-Fi Channel original movies <laughs> and enough CGI that I can always have confetti in the air in every scene. And then I will create you a demigod baby of a movie. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of pollen floating around in every scene, which Constantly. didn't make sense until we remembered that this was originally a 3D movie, so there always has to be something floating in Yeah, it looks like they're nose. walking through a fucking allergies. <laughs> it's an Allegra commercial, yeah. <laughs> I, uh, I'd like to believe that the movie was trying to escape from us and was just throwing its ink and dust in our face. Face. Sure, it's chaff. <laughs> it, the, uh, the movie is constantly throwing handfuls of sand at the audience <laughs> to, to, to to hide its its retreat. But anyway, uh, the queen uh, who's married to the king somehow doesn't doesn't like him for some reason. She worships because he's the, like a conqueror. Yeah, and she worships the Greek gods who he does not believe in. So she goes to Hera, and Hera says, "Just this once, I'll let Zeus have sex with you, so that you can have a baby who will bring peace to the kingdom." So there's a prophecy in this too, which of course you know I love. Yeah, I love it whenever a character is not a victim of free will, but in fact has his events predestined. Although that's more of a Greek thing, anyway. And, the, and, and again, we flash back to the fact that there's no reason why Hera should care about the whether there's peace in this kingdom of mortals. That's not a, a Greek god sort of thing to care. No, about. or why the queen should care. Yeah. No, and it's also strange that she's praying at a ruined temple because uh, we're in ancient Greek times. The temples aren't ruined yet. They should be new. <laughs> Let's say that the king just pulled down the temples or something like sure, that. Okay. I don't think that's what it is. It's just that the filmmakers were like, ancient Greek stuff, everything's broken, So Got you think it. this is a time where they should have opened with either a crawl, like an opening crawl or with like text explaining mm -hmm. what the fuck is going on. Like, <laughs> the time the Greek is gods Greece. Are. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they do that. The they place say Argos, <laughs> the olden days or whatever. They do. I, I'm usually against those, but this might have been a good one if only to explain that this king is rampaging through the, through the ancient world destroying their those local cultures Maybe and religions could have had the, enslaving the, them. The princess explaining, you know, princess my Buttercup. mother told me <laughs> that when I was growing up there was this awesome king. No, my mother always told me, never trust a demigod. <laughs> and you better shop around. <laughs> <laughs> For other demigods. Yeah. Uh I think that uh well, they could have shown us all this. They could have shown him being a bad conqueror rather than just showing him walking around. And, and the wife says, in victory. and the wife says, "You didn't do this for me. You did this for the gold." But that's all. We never see him being a bad king until later in the movie. But yeah. it's in the ancient times. It was all kingdoms with slaves and stuff. Anyway, it's not like there was it, they, they tyranny, dude. They talk a lot about freedom later <laughs> in the movie, where Hercules is like, "They've taken our freedom." It's like, well, I mean, that concept almost didn't exist at all at the didn't time. Didn't exist for many, 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 many years. Yeah, it's it's a weird they, but it's them trying to make a modern version of this story. But anyway, so uh, the baby is born, but unfortunately, the husband walks in on 
his wife having sex with Zeus, which is weird because I believe this is a story where Zeus came to her in the form of a bull, right? Mm-hmm. But you just see flashes of lightning, and then uh, you hear a bull while she's writhing around yeah. under the sheets. It's like, it's like a, that movie where like the ghost rapes the lady. Do you know what I'm talking about? Like it's a ghost rape. Yeah, ghost, the movie. No, the movie. I would say it's a, like a lady uh, version Hollow of Dan. Man? It's like the lady no. version of Dan Aykroyd's blo- ghost blowjob from Ghostbusters. <laughs> okay. Except her eyes are never crossed. That would have been great. <laughs> I actually didn't mind that that style choice. No, no, not, it was not actually see. I mean, like, it would be a, a little half man half bull. <laughs> That's true. I mean, considering you know, like Rosenberg Rose... movie would have been great, but but like Rosemary's Baby, which is a great movie, <laughs> the one misstep is when you see like this kind of devil figure over Rosemary. Yeah. It's like, okay, that's a little silly. When you say that, Stu, I'm imagining like a seven-minute uh, blue is the warmest <laughs> color style. <laughs> so many different Same. positions between her and a, and a bull man. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I don't even know if they do that one. What's weird is he's, <laughs> the way he manifests his bull parts is that he's a regular human who has hoofs instead of hands and feet. <laughs> yeah. He's just it's horrific. He's been talking to the Indian gods. <laughs> um, so anyway... She gives birth to the boy, and she's told that his his name will be Alcides, but secretly his name is Hercules. I'm not sure why they went through that. I think that's there's something in Greek myth that that's rooted in, but I don't know exactly what it is. Uh, then we cut to 20 years later. Hercules slash Alcides is riding through the countryside with his love, Hebe, who mm-hmm. is not Jewish, <laughs> despite being named after a slur. Uh, I think it's Hebe. Hebe, which sounds ridiculous. And let's say yeah. that... Uh, Hercules is like a like a very buff, slightly balding Sean William Scott lookalike. Yeah, like he's different. more of a Smurkules smirk, kind of a. <laughs> he is like a Hercules. He looked, the face of the guy on it. I kept thinking he reminded me a lot of the character Grunge from the old Gen Thirteen comics. Mm, sure. For any J. Scott Campbell fans okay. out there, uh, are there any? Anyway, so uh, they but Hercules has a brother. He kind of looks. Uh, he kind of looks like a uh, non clean shaven Neil McDonough. You know okay. that uh, that actor with the really blue eyes. Yeah, maybe like I was just thinking eyes. that later on when he's whipping chains around. But. <laughs> uh, and so Hercules is the, yeah, uh, the Hebe is a done. princess from Crete, and uh, Hercules wins her over by taking riding horses with her to a a an isolated little pond, and then rock diving off a cliff yeah. into the water That's after giving great. a little James Bond type smirk to the camera. Mm-hmm. And here is where this movie is pretty balls to the wall up until this point over the top. But it's almost like once Hercules enters the movie, the Hercules movie starts to get not very entertaining. Because Hercules himself is kind of a charisma suck. Well, every time there's no fight scene, it gets a lot slower and... And duller. We don't really care about these characters. None of them are likable. Uh, He has a brother, Iphicles, who you can tell is bad because he has dark hair. Uh, Mm. And this is another one of those movies also where ancient Greece is represented by blonde Englishmen... And right. English ladies who have blonde Except hair. Except for one guy. Except for one guy who talks with a Greek-ish <laughs> accent and his curly hair, and the bad guys who are dark-haired and not Greek. Yeah. Instead of a bunch of really hirsute people. <laughs> Except for Greek-looking people. Yeah. Curly hair, yeah, hair all over, Greek accents, olivey skin. Like, it's mm-hmm. make a movie where they look Greek, you know? But anyway, uh, the, the Iphicles was sent to find Hebe. Because uh, they ran off together, Hebe and Hercules, and Iphicles wants to marry her. He's the heir to the kingdom, so he he's pr- going to, but she's in love with Hercules. And while Hercules and his brother are just kind of wandering around, they run into the Nemean lion. Hercules yeah. kills him quickly by strangling him, and then... 
This is a, and this is the first scene. That's where, one labor taken care of already. Right off the yeah. bat. Yeah. One, and he's if banking it. If you're wondering when he's going to take care of you, he's like, boom, checklist early. This will save me some time later on. Sure. When he's we, getting these credits out of the way. When later it's like, we, I have 12 labors for you. He's like, eh, eh, 11, dude. Check the fucking list. Is Nami and oh, Lion on there? Done of, it. Let me, let me see. Janice. Up, oh, he allows it. It's okay. Janice. <laughs> yeah, Janice said the, the two-faced god has to look into it. Or it's just his rece- his oh, yeah, assistant just Janice, Janice. <laughs> who I assume is played by Annie yeah, Potts. I- <laughs> <laughs> That's when uh, the, he kills the Nemean lion and she goes, we got one! <laughs> and they cross <laughs> it off on the big blackboard. <laughs> real bad labor in a big red local town. <laughs> <laughs> Cleaning up the la- the stables. <laughs> now, if you're wondering when wondering when he's going to deal with the other laborers in this movie, do not. He does. <laughs> he doesn't touch any of them. Yeah. That was just a in much in the way that uh in Marvel movies suddenly like Carol Danvers will walk on screen for a second as a little tip of the hat to the readers. Uh, here it's like they <laughs> threw in the Nemean line just as a like wink to the Hercules fans in the audience. Mm-hmm. Uh, but here's the first scene where I really didn't understand what's happening. We've just seen Hercules kill the Nemean lion. Into the castle struts Hercules and Iphicles. Iphicles is wearing the lion skin and starts bragging about how he killed the lion. He did it. And Hercules just kind of smiling and watching him. And at no point takes credit for it. And then when the king is like, you're going to marry Princess Hebe, Hercules is just like, mm, but mm-hmm. doesn't. Doesn't doesn't like object. It's we- Hercules is such a boastful, cocksure person in the myths, and humility it, isn't a thing that like that the Greek myths celebrate. About. And like well, humility in front of the gods, yeah, maybe, I but mean, not to other humans. But that's the thing. Even the heroes who show hubris are more gloried and celebrated than anyone who's actually humble. Like yeah. in Greek myths, it's like you're gonna screw up. You're destined to be destroyed. So I'm going to admire you for the bravery and courage it mm-hmm. took to do the things that were going to destroy you, even though you knew it. So like, so YOLO is what you're saying. They invented YOLO. <laughs> they kind of did invent YOLO, <laughs> so that they called it Yolopolis. <laughs> but the, the idea that Hercules is like, I'll let him take the cred for this one. Yeah. You know what, man? It's your moment. You own it. Take yeah. it. I'll have Hercules has got pl- <laughs> like Hercules has got plenty to be happy about. Time for Iphicles to have a chance in the spotlight. Treat yourself, fella. <laughs> uh, but anyway, the news has announced that Iphicles is going to marry Hebe. The the lovers, as Wikipedia says, are devastated and they run off together. But they are captured. Hebe almost drowns. Hercules saves her, and uh, Hercules is taken back and exiled. He will join a military campaign to Egypt, or Heliopolis as they call it, to fight what appear to be the aliens from Stargate. Yeah, the Gwauld. Who show up and fight, and they kill everybody except Hercules and his soon-to-be best friend, Sotiris. uh, He was kind of like a a poor man's Sean Bean. (laughs) Yep, it was was like the Bean... And, and he doesn't die, so I guess he isn't yeah. a poor man, Sean Bean. I take it back. It would be I do, it, just erase that part. It'd be like if he was the Bean in uh, in was it Mickey and the Beanstalk that they cut into three little they're cutting <laughs> tiny slivers livers yeah, off because they're so poor. Okay, <laughs> is that Mickey and the Beanstalk that, that happens? Okay, yeah, yeah. I remember as a kid that scene made me so sad. <laughs> and then and then they then they sing the song to Finicula, Finicula. And they're like. 
pancakes piled up till they reach the sky. I forgot about that part. Man. I want to eat meat, 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 meat until I die. <laughs> I just think that's really funny, that line, I want to eat and eat and eat and eat and eat until I die. <laughs> it's, a, it's a poor man's way of choosing his execution, I guess. Were they all on death row? Is that why? Yeah. And they said to Mickey, you can either fight this giant or we'll give you the chair. <laughs> what do you want for your final final meal? I want a bean. <laughs> I want a tiny a slice of a bean. Now, what crime did Mickey and Donald and Goofy pull that they're on death row now? Like, well, did they kill a bunch of children? What was like? I mean, maybe they just knew that there was intent to steal a giant's harp. <laughs> that's, not a, that's not a capital punishment offense. In Montana, apparently. <laughs> So, yep. You're saying Mickey Call and the Beanstalk all takes place in Montana. The state Dan hates. Yeah. They know what they did. Sentenced Mickey Mouse to death. <laughs> and then fed Goofy till he died. <laughs> Have you no heart, Montana? Anyway. So Hercules and Satyrus are sent on this Egyptian mission. They get captured. The, uh, the, the leader of the Egyptian troops says... Le- uh, leave those two alive, and we it's get a all- good like we get a good splash of three hundred. Well, yeah, here's scene. here's a moment. So the movie goes into three hundred mode, and I guess it was in Troy mode before. Yeah. Now it's in three hundred mode, and it just like three hundred, they keep breaking formation. I mean, they're not Spartans. It doesn't yeah. make sense why they would use the Spartan. Uh, what's it called? Phalanx. Yeah, yeah. But they do the thing where they lock shields and then immediately break and just spin around, killing people. Yeah, as soon as the bad guys charge them, they're like. They start doing their moves. Mm. Run away! And there's a lot of slow motion, and it is... uh, Let's say this about Zack Snyder. He overuses slow motion, but in 300, he uses it fairly effectively at times. Yeah. And it was a new, relatively new thing to be used that way, so it was exciting. Here, it's like, anytime anyone jumps or does anything, there's slow-mo. But it's always like, I I think you said it during the movie, it feels like Rennie Harlan picks the wrong couple seconds to do slow-mo. Yeah. When the, once <laughs> like the excitement right passed. before they jump, and then they're like, oh yeah, fuck it, let's just speed it up. At a certain point, <laughs> it stops being to make it look cool, and it starts being, we shot an hour and 20 minute movie. How are we going to pad this thing out to an hour 39? We'll just put slow-mo in a lot of it. Slow it down, you know. Let's make if they can make Ver, if they can make Vertigo run for twenty oh no Psycho run for twenty four hours by slowing it down yeah. we can do that with this movie uh, it's an art piece anyway uh, <laughs> the Egyptians sell Hercules and Soterius to a slave gladiator guy mm-hmm. here's where the movie becomes a little gladiatory where they fight in a big muddy pit who are they fighting are they fighting monster men are they fighting anyone interesting Snake guys no nope. just fighting dudes in mud uh, Hercules and Soterius manage to trick their owner. They say, hey, I thought they were making this stuff up, but apparently it's true. They're like, there's a big tournament in Greece. The biggest fight is two men go up against six undefeated fighters. Mm-hmm. If they win, they get their freedom. And uh, if they, and the guy who, and there's a lot of betting, so you can make a lot of money on the betting. And he goes, I already have undefeated fighters, Half Face and Haramba over there. <laughs> and they're these two, these are finally when the monster men show up. Yeah. And they say, we'll fight them, and the survivors will go to Greece. And so this is another gladiator moment where it's these it's Hercules and his best buddy. And let me tell you this, his best buddy's job is to get injured during fights, thus making it harder for Hercules. So he is not very helpful. Yeah, to make it more challenging, add a handicap. Yeah, it's almost like a... His friend is their version of Schwarzenegger getting shot in the arm at the end of Commando, so mm-hmm. that it's not quite so uh, 
quite so lopsided when he's fighting Fat Vernon Wells. I gotta say, <laughs> yeah, but Vernon Wells has that awesome chainmail like uh, tank top and a mustache, but that's not gonna help him in a fight. <laughs> what are you talking? I mean, it doesn't stop a pipe from ramming through his body. <laughs> no, the chainmail doesn't stop a pipe from literally going through him to the point that the, steam <laughs> goes down. And then yeah, steam starts shooting out. And he says, "Bennett, let off some steam, or let off some steam, Bennett." I don't remember. Uh, what a great movie Commando is. Half face though, like. For his name, like I was expecting, like he's a bit of a monster man, but I was expecting more of like a two-face level of half-face. Yeah, well, whereas this the guy got like a little bit of telling. scarring and then like some like counting crows hair, and that's he, pretty much uh, all that's going on. Yeah, they they both had kind of cr- counting crows <laughs> hair, both half-face and humbaba. It turns out, as I yeah, look at you know, I bet somebody just came up with that nickname real early on and it just caught on, mm-hmm. and, you know. Well, he probably also, didn't even have half a face at that point, and he just kind of cut his face up afterwards. Just to just get so, the, keep yeah, the yeah. name. It reminds me of a... So. Yeah. It was about to expire. <laughs> he was about to lose the, <laughs> the rights to the half-face really, His option on the name half-face was running out. You better act on this name, or it's going to go back in the public domain. Uh, There's oh, this sh- guy with like... Shit, I better cut my face up. We can see his skull. He's super gross if you Look, don't cut up your face. Mel Gibson from Man Without a Face, he has a face, but it's half a face. <laughs> so we want to call him Half-Face. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'll take it. I'll take it. He was exercising the option. Yeah. Uh, now, it reminded me of my disappointment when I finally saw an episode of the Game of Thrones TV show. Now, I came to the books late, long after Stuart had spent years recommending them to me and complaining about the TV show. Yeah. And uh, when I read them, I imagined Sander Clegane, the Hound, mm-hmm. had this totally screwed up face. Like I imagined his jaw was not set right. You could see part of the skull of his bone. Yeah. yeah. And then in the movie, in the show, he's just kind of like a little scratched up. It's yeah, not that he's not that impressive. Face. He's yeah. He's, he actually doesn't look like he was in a fire. It just looks like he got beaten up once and it never totally healed. You know. And in some ways, I think that is a description of the entire show for me. Yeah. You know what? I'm gonna go with that way for me too. But anyway, half face is kind of like that. But I will tell you this. Having zero lines of dialogue, you don't see their faces too clearly. Half Face and Humbaba are instantly the most charismatic <laughs> characters in the whole movie. Yeah, they are so incredibly like it's Humbaba is like an old man's head on top of this huge, <laughs> you know, strong man body, and Half Face is half a face, and like you said, Counting Crow's hair. <laughs> They're leaping around, fighting Hercules, and it was like I was kind of hoping at that moment that it would take a strange narrative shift and it would jump all the way back to the beginning of their lives, yeah, and we could follow what Half Face and Humbaba have been doing. It would be like <laughs> the great moment in The Power Broker when Robert Caro takes like twelve pages to stop talking about Robert Moses and start talking about. The uh, the governor of New York, uh, oh, this old governor. Old governor. No, uh, Al. What's his name? Now I can't remember it, which is terrible. Swearingen. Not Swearingen. Jolson. But anyway, not Jolson. <laughs> but uh, Al, Hall. Al Smith. And he uh, he goes. He takes like twelve pages. Just Al Smith. <laughs> no wonder you forgot the most <laughs> generic name. That's why I forgot it. But uh, he goes through twelve pages, and you're like, this guy's really exciting, and it gets so exciting that you kind of forget the books about Robert Moses. And then when it goes, and that's when he met Robert Moses. And it's like, holy shit, these two guys are going to meet now? Oh, my God, it's amazing. I would have wanted it to be that. You go back to the flashback of how Half-Face and Humbaba became friends. Half-Face lost his face. Maybe they grew up together. And then you forget it's a Hercules movie. And then they finally get back to that scene, and you're like, oh, yeah. Now those characters are going to fight Hercules. But that doesn't happen. Hercules just kills them. Uh, so they get back to Greece. Hercules goes Spoiler into... Spoiler alert. And, but... The Egyptians have sent Hercules' helmet back to Greece, not realizing they've captured this prince. Everyone thinks Hercules is dead, and Hebe is very sad. But this is also, like, where it really starts getting uh, Jesus-y, because he kind of, like, 
He starts gathering followers. Well, he rides back into his hometown. Let's first say he wins that tournament against the six undefeated yeah. people. two seconds. Super easy. Undefeated, they don't even get names. No. Their faces <laughs> cackling from the underworld. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, well, he's gathering strength, Hercules. You know, but that, yeah. and that's the one piece of enjoyment Half Face will get as a shade in the Hades realm. <laughs> Waiting for Hercules to arrive so he can serve him for eternity. Because you know, Half Face is getting into different... the Elysian Fields. There's no Shit. way they're going to take one look at his half a face and go, "Whoa, we let you in here. We can't call this paradise no more." <laughs> but anyway, uh, meanwhile, uh, Hercules's mom confronts. The king reveals that Zeus is the father of Hercules. The king, in a fit of rage, she tries to stab the king, and the king kills her. Not half. Which, at the time, I was like, oh, he just murdered her, but it's kind of self-defense. She pulled a knife on him. Yeah, I mean, even uh, Chiron, his advisor, really doesn't try and stop it. Chiron him. stands there watching all this, and as soon as the queen is dead, he runs out and is like, no! He's like, wait! <laughs> 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 it's it's a little it's it's kind of a, like a, maybe a couple minutes. Early. It's it's the equivalent of in GI Joe retali- uh, retaliation when uh, uh, Snake Eyes just allows London to be destroyed before he decides to take down the bad guys. Yep, because the Queen's life is equal to all the citizens of London. Now there were so many fewer people back then that probably yeah. But anyway. Uh, anyway, Hercules leaves. He starts raising an army to fight for the freedom of Greece against the king. Uh, Chiron tells him his mother died, which is terrible. Uh, Hebe tries to kill herself. Chiron stops her, and he reunites her with Hercules. The two have a, a uh, let's call it a moment of tranquility. Yeah. As they, a, a pollen-crusted moment of <laughs> tranquility. As they have sex they do it. inside of a Hercules-made hoopa in the forest as pollen falls around them constantly. Yeah, uh, it looks like a grown-up version of the Blue Lagoon. Like this... Uh, yeah, like this seashells idyllic... threaded through... Yeah. Or, what or, I can only imagine is, like, intestinal... Pubic hair? What? Like... Leather straps. I was going to say it's like a classy version of one of the tarp orgies at the end of a seduction cinema movie. But anyway, because they're in the forest. Uh, Anyway, but... uh there's also anyway. Let's just go. Go. Let's just skip through through yeah, much. Yeah, a lot of details going in. They raise they raise an army. Iphicles is fighting. He brings in the Egyptians to fight back. Hercules is just picking up followers. And but at then at one town, he's taken captive by the king. The king has him whipped. This is the most Jesusy part of it. Well, but he's also the, taken captive because of the. We're going to say the betrayal. Eh, of his, uh, who even cares? No, I mean, just, just that there's another, like, there's like a Judas character, but I mean, like, he's sort of forced into the betrayal <clears throat> role. He's not doing it Well, no, for his, his the, gain. The, the life of his son is threatened, yeah. so he gives away Hercules' location. But then, but but then, then uh, Hercules yeah. is whipped in a he's, crucifix position. He's whipped in front of a crowd as the king says, see, he's not a god. <laughs> a small crowd. It's pretty yeah. small. There's not a lot of extras. It would not have been a glorious death for Hercules. No. Hercules, who has denied that he was the son of Zeus all along, looks up to the guy and says, Father, I believe in you. And Zeus uh, sends some lightning down, right? And Hercules... Uh, no, that's later, I guess. He well, sends, like, yeah. a shaft of sunlight that, I guess, empowers it him. It powers him up? I, yeah, he sends down, like, a, be- a regenerating beam or yeah, something? Yeah, like he's Apollo this, from the Authority. This is where <laughs> yeah. it gets suddenly a lot less Jesus-y, since Jesus didn't say, Hey, Dad, give me a... Give me strict powers to fight off all these yeah, uh, you're saying Pharisees. Jesus didn't didn't use the rocks he was chained to as a kind of a giant whip morning no, star to then that. to kill people with. 
No, yeah, that, I, mean, I think this, that would have stuck in my head from Sunday school. This is when school. the movie goes full on uh, God of War mode, where yeah. literally the hero is using weapons attached to chains <laughs> to do fucking combos on his enemies. And this is and anyway, it's one it's of much more awesome. And it's one of two scenes in which he turns into Whiplash from Iron Man Two. <laughs> but that's the thing is this: the movie is crazy at the top. Then it's very dull. And then as soon as Hercules admits his demigodhood, it becomes crazy again. Because he is constantly just whipping guys with shit and fighting, like, killing tons of people. And they finally confront the king. The king, uh, I guess, lights things on fire to try to stop them. Yeah, it looks like the king's got him surrounded, but you're like, he don't Mm -hmm. have him surrounded. He's hurt. And the king's going to fight him with the power of his pulse. Hercules does a very... It's called the legend of Amphitira. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> no, that's a good point. Hercules does a uh, very lame version of the like St. Crispin's Day, they'll never take our freedom sort of speech that the hero <laughs> gives to his to his army before their final battle. They go to the battle. And it's to like six dudes. Yeah. It's like just a few farmers. They uh But somehow somewhere in the process he managed to pick up a <laughs> Nemean lion skin from yeah. I guess a fucking Pier One. I don't know. <laughs> No, I don't remember how he got the lion skin, and also well, the uh, it, other brother sold it to like a like a pawn shop because ah, he needed okay. quick, he needed fast cash <laughs> yeah. to take Hebe out on a date to try to yeah. win her over. Imperial, his his brother is just like buying chocolates for her, and he's running out of money. <laughs> what do I got? Hercules brings got this... me better chocolates. <laughs> oh, yeah. But uh, and also along the way, that group of farmers that's fighting for their freedom turns into like a, an elite fighting force with yeah. shields and armor and helmets and everything. But anyway, I guess they're picking up Greek soldiers along the way. But uh, Hercules calls on his dad. His dad shoots lightning into Hercules's sword, and it becomes kind of an electricity whip that he's just killing a dozens of people with. Dozens of, like, jackal-mass Egyptian warriors. Yeah, uh, because no true Greeks will fight for the king anymore. Only these uh, heartless Egyptian mercenaries, I guess. <laughs> I don't know. It's so weird, because you kind of thought the Egyptians were busy taking over overthrowing the Greeks that had colonized them. Yeah. But they still got time to, like, come over and help the king that they were fighting? It doesn't make sense. Well, they got invited back, I don't know, for a feast, and then he was like, no feast, you guys fucked up and didn't kill my son. Uh, you got to finish the job. And they're like, I guess we have to. Or was the whole mission that they sent Hercules on a ploy to kill him? And there yes. was yeah. never... Okay, then I missed that. Yeah. It was all just... Oh, so the Egyptians were working for the king the whole time. Uh, you probably lost it when he just started electrocuting everybody with <laughs> when Zeus came to him in the form of, uh, like, a laser whip, <laughs> lightning whip. When Zeus came to them in the form of the opening of He-Man. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So anyway, uh, they fight. And Unsurprisingly, a- we have Heracles versus his, I guess, adopted father? Yeah. Uh, yeah, your favorite actor. I tell you, for yeah. Heracles, he's sure got an Oedipus complex. <laughs> It's a Greek. It's a Greek myth yeah, joke. I don't know if it's a, is it fit? Is it, uh, it's Greek. It's Greece. Okay, he's trying to kill wanna, his dad. But he doesn't. I mean, he doesn't want to have sex with his mom. Oh, though. sure he does. But she's dead. It's too late. Okay. Uh, <laughs> That's the subtext. The yeah. Movie? The subtext. Of the whole movie is that Hercules is totally into his mom. Okay. But uh, it's good. That's so why this is. Fight. That's why this was usually called the Legend of Spanking the Monkey. <laughs> <laughs> they have an amazing fight. Totally. They, they have a fight the in which Hercules doesn't do that much. He kind of. Dodge is a lot of Amphitron's... Yeah. What's his name? Amph- Amphitiron. Amphitiron. Amphitiron, I guess, would be the Transformer version. <laughs> yeah, he's, <laughs> he's fighting Hercules and then turns into a car. And here's... Wait, let me tell you the moment the movie almost could have totally won me over. And I mentioned this to you guys. <laughs> You've been conquering all of Greece for Energon cubes! <laughs> yeah. And then Unicron shows up. Yeah. So there's a moment where Hercules is facing off with his dad, and his dad says, 
I have a, it says like I have a surprise for you, Hercules. And at that point, I wanted if he, if the king had pulled out like a revolver and shot Hercules, <laughs> I would have been like, movie, you won me back. And suddenly people are driving cars around, <laughs> and like Hercules gets in a biplane and is firing at the Egyptians. I would have loved that. <laughs> If they were just like, you know what? Why are we even bothering to pretend that we're? We already have this all the Greeks. No with anything. Already, all the Greeks are played by English people. <laughs> Why don't we just sucker punch this up and have them be in World War One trenches with mechs? You know. Yep. But they didn't do that. Instead, they had a they had a sword fight. They had a fight. Zombie Where Hercules Nazis, really puts the uh, the demi into demigod in this fight because he's having a hell of a time. <laughs> he is. With this is one mortal. Now Hercules <laughs> is super strong. He's much younger and in better shape than the king, and he's wearing a lion's cloak that cannot be pierced by a blade, and yet he still is losing for a while. And he probably grew up watching his adopted father fight, or was he trained by him. He knows his style. Yeah. Anyway, the, eventually he wins. Uh, his brother comes in with Hebe, threatening her, but Hebe sacrifices herself seemingly to kill the, to kill the brother by stabbing herself through the shoulder and killing him, because the sword goes all the way through and kills him. Uh, Hercules. We call that uh, dieharding somebody. Yeah, because it's hard to die that way. Yeah. Call that the old heebie-jeebie. <laughs> <I don't, laughs> That's they call it in ancient Greece. We never know what we're saying when we say that, but we do it all the time. <laughs> Constantly. Uh, he kills his, the king with the same dagger that killed Hercules' mother, and then... So they can be together for eternity. And mm-hmm. then it just fades to Hercules in bed with Hebe as they have a newborn child. Yeah. There's no... It's not even... Li- and there's no dialogue from that point on. And then Hercules it's, is up on the roof and he sees the Hercules symbol. Well, that's the thing. You'd think off. that there... It, you'd think... I assume there was a voiceover from Chiron or somebody explaining like, but Hercules survived and became king Chiron himself. Chiron died, dude. And that they cut it. When did did they kill him? Yeah, yeah they man. killed that him after what he. That's what made him the, Superman. Oh, that's right. Smash people. Yeah, he, he could do a voiceover from Beyond the Grave. Okay. Anyway, but then it does cut to the music is like ba 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 ba, and then you go see Hercules brooding on a castle top overlooking the kingdom he has sworn to keep safe Even, from the Joker, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he, he looks over his shoulder. We see a night sky, and then zooming out of the distance. The credits. Yeah, a film by Rennie Harlan. So the implication is Hercules is watching the credits <laughs> to his own movie. He's yep. watching Artemis Driver like, Chariot. I think I'll call this constellation the credits. <laughs> <laughs> so this See, movie, that would have been better. So this movie, That's a Greek myth movie where out of the, <laughs> the stars, the constellations form the credits. That over there is the is the winged horse, and over there is Draco the dragon, and of course the credits. If they, they, it's just like four... Four stars, <laughs> but if you connect the lines right, it spells out the names of everyone who made the movie. Um, yeah, so Hercules <laughs> defeated Saul Bass and threw him into the sky, <laughs> and that's why the credits is up there. <laughs> now, now, this is a movie that is very boring for most of it, but yeah. has like, some craziness on the bookends. Yeah, which which leads us we gotta uh, just move along into Final Judgments, whether this is a good, bad movie, a bad, bad movie, or a movie you kind of like. Elliot, I think you're you're already kind of getting into it. I, you, say. you know what? I'm going to call this, even though it gets a little dull in the middle, I am going to call this a good, bad movie because there was enough stuff in it that I enjoyed making fun of while we were watching it. But I would say it's definitely a good, bad movie if you've watched the first 15 minutes and then the last 15 minutes. Yeah, fast forward yeah. a little bit. Yeah. I, I say good, bad for the same reasons, basically. like It never bored me as much as like the truly bad movies that we watch. It's not like a 10,000 BC yeah. or a, what was the one with what's where the woman what's her name was in the Antarctic White Out. That yeah. was super dull. 
You know, no, is that Kate it's, Beckinsale? It's largely fun. The thing is, I was kind of assuming we were going to watch this movie for the Flop House because if we weren't going to, I was going to watch it anyway because <laughs> I love Scott Adkin. Who plays King Infiritron. Yeah. The robot king of Greece. Who begins the movie by choke slamming a guy and then, I guess, cutting his helmet off. But not his head, which is weird. No, just his helmet. He's that good with a blade. Yeah. Uh, and then the rest of the movie he spends with a really fake beard. Did, but, you, did you explain who this actor is? Uh, Scott Atkins is uh, is a like a is uh, a ninja. Yeah, he's he's a, he's a white a white guy karate star. Yeah. Who's been in movies like Ninja Shadow of a Tear or Ninja Two, depending on which which name. He's also been in uh, previous Stuart Wellington recommendation uh, Universal Soldier Day of Reckoning. Uh, he's just like a martial arts dude, but he's he's, he's, a, he's a fight guy, and he brings. I I felt he brought a lot more charisma to that role than most of the cast of this movie. Uh, according to Wikipedia, he shared the role of Deadpool with Ryan Reynolds. Oh wow! So I, he must have done the actual fighting stuff. In the movie. Yeah, like the slow motion, like bullet slashing and things like that. Yeah, but according to Wikipedia, he's best known for playing Yuri Boyka in Undisputed Two, Last Man Standing, and Undisputed Three: Redemption. See. <laughs> He gets yeah. redemption in the so end. So you can tell from those titles what kind of actor he is. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I, I guess I'll say it's a good, bad movie. Um, it's be- been better than some of the other swords and sandals we've seen in the past. Uh, but before we move on to letters, uh, just a word from our sponsor. This episode is brought to you by Squarespace, the all-in-one platform, making it fast and easy to create your own professional website, portfolio, and online store. Uh, you can get a free trial and 10% off by visiting squarespace.com and entering offer code FLOPHOUSE at checkout, which also helps support this show, The Flophouse. Uh, Tell look. me more about Squarespace, Dan. Hey. Ooh. Do you want a website, Elliot? Yeah, do I you? do. Elliot I, Kalen, want I a want, website? Yeah, I do. I've always wanted one. How do I do that? I don't know how. Well, you go to Squarespace. With the Dot guy. com? Because I can go to Squarespace first. No. <laughs> you go, you go to Squarespace. So the like dimension a, where everything, everything is, is squares. squares. It's kind of like Flatland. It's the nerdiest dimension. <laughs> Squarespace. No, Squarespace.com though. That that sounds uh, like a web that a site that I can go to. They've got uh, beautiful Mobrons. design, uh, simple and easy uh, templates you can use. Drag and drop content for designing your website. Wait a minute. So you're saying I don't need to know how to code like a dork? No. I mean, if you just you, have to drag and drop. Yeah. That's not dragons. It's dragging something. Because I don't think I could drop a dragon. <laughs> and look, you don't have to drag this thing with your hands. You're not like Hercules with like a chain and a big rock you on it. Have, if only. You just drag it with your mouse. So What if I don't have a pet mouse? <laughs> oh, no boy. mouse is on a chain. <laughs> yeah. Do you need Squarespace? Because it doesn't sound like you know anything about technology. But it sounds like even a guy like me who doesn't even know what a computer is could use Squarespace. Especially because they've got 24-7 support through live chat and email. Plans start at just $8 a month, including a free domain name if you sign up for one year. Uh, and it's got responsive design, so your like website... Like podcast. $8 a month? I could I could afford that just by skipping one Popeye's meal, which that's I'm not true. doing. <laughs> no. But I could. That's how cheap it is. Yeah. But uh, so uh, why don't you start a trial with no credit card required and start building your website. Just go to squarespace.com and use offer code FLOPHOUSE. Thank you to Squarespace for continuing to support the Flophouse. And viewers like you. That's a great way to set up a website selling bootleg Flophouse merchandise. No, don't do that. Uh, Maybe, well, only if we get a cut, which I guess makes it not bootleg. It's not really much of a revenue source for us. Yeah, if we approve it and we get a cut, then I'll approve that. (laughs) I think I'll go there today to make my old-time movie site. Stuart will go there to make his Castle Freak site, and Mm -hmm. Dan will go there to make a porno site. Mm -hmm. 
Um, it's so, called Whose Wife's Butt Is That? <laughs> let's move on. It's a game where you yeah, guess it's a, it's a whose wife's it is. Yeah. Is that a such a thing? <laughs> let's move on to letters. Um, this first letter. Moving on to letters. Done with that other stuff. Let's move on. We're done here. So go near, but rather far. To where the letters are. Let's move on. Moving on letters. Let's move on. Letters move on. We gotta move to those letters because those letters won't move on to us. Let's move on. Letters was filmed before a live studio audience. Sit it was sit. Good letter. Ruff. <laughs> so wait, wow, that was a really short show. <laughs> it went directly from the theme song to the after. Yeah, well, thing. and and you know what, Stephen J. Cannell's pulling out of his typewriter at the end. A letter to the Flophouse. <laughs> Unfortunately, it doesn't get here because he just throws it in the air. <laughs> this one's titled. Does he think the fucking Fay folk yeah. are gonna bring it to us? <laughs> <laughs> the kind-hearted ones. Well, the problem the is people it, of the forest. <laughs> it turns into a letter C, so at that point we can't read it anyway. Yeah, well, we can read the C part. <laughs> That's what letters for are for, Dan. That's good enough for me. So you're saying it was a Stephen J. Cookie production? <laughs> yeah. Anyway, this first letter is titled <laughs> Batman Villains. Okay, I like it. Hey, floppers. Hey. I just had to report on something of great importance to the podcast. <laughs> Last night, my five-year-old daughter wanted to play Batgirl. She's a Batgirl costume from Halloween and brings it out occasionally, mainly, I suspect. Now, which excuse. Batgirl are we talking about here? <laughs> Uh, Oracle? She's not Batgirl anymore. No, I'm just, you're Barbara Gordon before the... Pre-paralyzing, yeah. okay. Spoiler uh, alert. <laughs> Spoiler to anyone who hasn't read comics in 20 years. She brings it out occasionally, mainly I suspect as an excuse to beat up on poor old dad. So as we were playing, I had the chance to be several Batman villains, but as I had no makeup, it was difficult to convey the Joker and Two-Face. Also, I'm about six feet tall and couldn't find a top hat and umbrella, so the Penguin was out as well. What is a father desperate to keep his daughter entertained to do? I was at a loss until the Flophouse popped in my mind. Clock King. Yes. <laughs> Calendar Man. <laughs> it was the emergence of several new Batman villains. I started with my favorites, the Summarizer and the Contest Ruiner. But as I was dealing with a five-year-old, the subtle nuances of the fairly abstract character the loser. <laughs> yeah, they don't, they don't have the, the same kind of easy hooks yeah. but then as, epiphany, say, Firebug. Killer Croc. I looked down to see that there was a seven on my t-shirt. Yes, it was time for seven pounds to terrorize Gotham City. I'm thrilled to report that seven pounds was a rousing success with her. She only looked at me like an idiot once or twice, far fewer times than what I get from my wife, who I suspect was sniffing around, trying to detect the scent of alcohol on me. There was none. (laughs) More importantly, adopting the seven pounds persona doubled as a teachable moment as I worked in crimes that consisted of stealing things in multiples of seven. Sadly, I was eventually defeated... A.K.A. hitting the nuts. <laughs> as, as Batman defeats, the Batgirl defeats most of her villains. <laughs> and dragged off to Arkham Asylum, where I suspect I'll be serving five to seven years, or days, considering on how escapable that place is. <laughs> yeah. So I'm happy to report well, it's that on the honor system. <laughs> one of the three villains is ready for print, in my opinion. I suspect this is the green ride for Elliot to make the jump from Marvel to DC and start his own storyline in Batman. I expect that when all the money comes in from the sales and myriad prizes the story is likely to win, Pulitzer, Eisner, Emmy, Oscar, and eventual Nobel, I will be fairly compensated for doing this proof-of-concept work for you, Tom. Nope. Well, I, 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 think, I think the biggest crime the, that he committed as the Seven Pounds character is giving all of the copyright credit to Elliot Kalin. Mm. Yeah, that's bullshit. That was... <laughs> 
Uh, he would have stolen seven copyrights. Yep. I th- uh, well, the one time I tried to pitch Batgirl stories to DC, none of them were taken. But I have a new contact at DC, so who knows? Maybe. Yeah. I, I would love to introduce seven pounds <laughs> into that universe somehow. Is there a lot of uh, Marvel Distinguished Competition crossover? like Between staff? Of... Yeah. Yes. Okay. There's really only two games in town when it comes to comic books. Mm-hmm. Uh, there are other, I mean, there are other companies, but for the most part, people bounce between Marvel and DC quite a bit. Yeah, I just didn't know uh, Actually, the, whether my, they lock people down. Or my all. contact, I mean, you get contract, but I guess, but like my contact at DC, Katie Kubert, now works at Marvel, and mm. my longtime Marvel editor, Tom Brennan, is now at DC. So... And back who's your real contact at, Friday? Yeah, not who's really. Your contact at Image, so you can write some Young Blood. Unfortunately, unfortunately, I don't have any, but I would love to write Young Blood, or perhaps any Image character. There's Blood Wolf, Blood Blood, <laughs> and of course Stone Blood, Blood Face. <laughs> and let's not forget Rocket Butt. <laughs> <laughs> All the great Rob Liefeld characters. <laughs> oh boy guess what his power is <laughs> it's not what you think telepathy oh you got you guessed it yeah so also his butt is a rocket <laughs> which i guess it just so can't involve power. Yeah, it's not really his power <laughs> it's, just, it's more inconvenient than any of this <laughs> you do not want to use the bathroom after him because the toilet has been destroyed <laughs> rocket butt <laughs> rocket butt um so the this. weird thing is no one's guessed his secret identity. <laughs> sure, he wears a trench coat. <laughs> yeah. I just think he's some nerdy kid. <laughs> With really baggy pants. <laughs> <Shit>. <laughs> what is that lump in your butt? <laughs> Who's buying all the Zubas in town? Uh, I've, got, I've, got, I've got hemorrhoids. <laughs> A.C. Slater hasn't lived here in years. It's <laughs> 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 so but like so, there's a Zubas store, and Slater had moved away, so they were about to close down. And then this kid walked in, saved the store. Yeah, yeah the store manager looking at like his bills. He's like, I can't pay it. I don't know what's gonna happen. Ever since Albert Clifford walked out of town, uh, his actual name. Look it up. So this second letter is titled "Much Nicer Flophouse Fanfic," and it begins. Page one. Feels like a trick. (laughs) Page one. Start of book one. Page page one. The flop house was at a nice carnival where good things were happening. Then they fucked. (laughs) Wait, what? Anyway. Page one. Start of book one. Stuart Wellington versus New York City. Okay, I like it so far. It was a rainy night in Dan's apartment when Elliot crashed in, a terrified expression on his face. (laughs) Sounds accurate. The flop house house cat jumped off of Stuart's lap, waking him from his drunken stupor. Row, row? Asked the house cat. The cat is Elliot, like, oh, oh, yeah. oh, let's just continue. As Elliot slammed the door behind him. Dan, Elliot began, your downstairs neighbors have been murdered by a game, gang of street marauders. Like Death Wish 3, Stuart asked, wiping glitter off his face from a party he'd thrown in Dan's apartment the night before. <laughs> exactly like Death Wish 3, replied Elliot. Enjoying this moment Was of I not invited to this party? Why am I walking in now? <laughs> Stuart and Elliot embraced, saddening Dan as no one had ever hugged him. <laughs> Oh, that's not true at all. I've seen Dan hugged by people. Uh, th- thanks for the backup, dude. <laughs> I'll, ba- I'll, get, I'll provide your hug alibi, Dan. Well, you have I, felt the warmth yeah. of a human embrace. Just write the footnote in there in pen. <laughs> well, I think we should stay here where it's safe, said Dan, ruining the situation for everyone. Dan, you're ruining this for everyone, Stuart replied, picking up his forty-four Magnum, which had been attached to his arm with a fuzzy pink handcuff. Let's take these fuckers down. This is not a bit. 
We're going to get them, said Elliot. We're going to John get them. We're going to Tony Collette them. We're going to Robert Bresson's Mouchette them. <laughs> After Elliot finished listening words that sound like other words, much to Stuart's delight, they're out um, the Usually Stuart's not that delight. <laughs> uh, page 2093, end of book three, Stuart Wellington versus Al Madrigal. So Dan was the castle freak all along, asked Carly Gugino, getting up off of Elliot's lap to polish their shared key to the city. Now, there's no reason why she has to get up off my lap. <laughs> Elliot, Elliot yeah, and Elliot. Somebody Ma- just brings the key over. There's a lot of lap. Wait, so is my relationship with Carly Gugino similar to yours with the house cat? There's a lot of lap sitting. Yeah. Anyway, continue. Elliot and Mayor Wellington looked around their newly acquired Popeye's <laughs> franchise, taking in the smell. <laughs> yeah, I guess he was, said Stuart. I'm amazed we got away from that burning castle in time, Elliot said. I guess you could say it was a... Million dollar getaway. <laughs> Everyone laughed at Elliot's hilarious callback, and even the Flaphouse house cat peeked up through a fu- the pile of fried chicken he was under to join in. <laughs> he said. <laughs> Little did they know that behind the walls of that very Popeyes, Dan sat, sat playing on his Phantom of the Paradise keyboard, which just emits sighs, plotting his revenge. P.S. Keep up your stellar work, guys. You've consistently made my life richer as I dig through your back catalog. Much love. Vincent, last name withheld. Thanks, Vincent. That was pretty good and an accurate rendition Vincent of Vincent D'Onofrio, uh, big fan of the show. Wow, mm-hmm. I saw you in the in the in the stage production, and you were great in it. Name oh, droppers. I mean, name, name dropping that stage I saw him in a droppers. play. He was in stage a play droppers. with Ethan Hawke, and the play was not so great, but Vincent D'Onofrio was a force of nature in it. So thanks for listening, Vincent. Yeah, thank you. Thank yeah, you thanks. for your literary contribution. And I'm just going to stick up for Dan. He's a great guy who I don't think would turn out to be a monster or a recluse in the wall. Thank you. But if you were a recluse in the wall... If any of us was going to be, it would be Dan. Terrifying. Horrifying, <laughs> yeah. And you know what, Dan? Just to be on the record, I'm going to hug you right now. Mm, you like that? Yeah. Okay. Arms, arms around you? Chainmail sound effects. <laughs> Chainmail sound effects. <laughs> the magic of hug sounds. Hug sounds. <laughs> Squish. <laughs> Dan, you're feeling that, very squishy. Is that a packet pack of mayonnaise in your pocket? Yeah, why do you have a bunch of squid under your shirt? <laughs> I had my own reasons. Uh, so this last letter goes like this. Which duck is the best duck? <laughs> Daffy? Donald? Howard? Scrooge? Destroyer? Darkwing? Huey? Is it Baby Huey? Jacob, last name withheld. Well, Jacob, I can tell you it's not Baby Huey, the <laughs> dumbest of the ducks. Uh, well, I mean, d- this d- is pretty boring, but I would go with Scrooge. And... Well, what do you mean by best? My favorite of those would be Daffy, mm. but he's not reliable, you know, in a situation. And I like Flint Hart Glomgold a lot. Ugh. I would say that maybe. Oh no, magic! Sure. Can I say magic? Magic spell? spell. So she's a duck. Right. Yeah. Okay. I mean, and just, she's a she. She originally her first story was like she's like a Greek witch, right? Like yeah, a, yeah, so yeah. That that's a sandwich the... with Greek dressing on it. <laughs> <laughs> Greek witch. I would destroyer duck stood up for the right of Jack Kirby to have his art returned to him by Marvel, so I like him, I guess. Mm-hmm. But uh, you know, I'm gonna go with Howard actually. Yeah. What about Duck Dodgers? In the 24th See, that's Daffy. Century. That's just Daffy. I hate to break it to I you. I thought he was Duck Dodgers and Daffy guy. Duck are the same guy. <laughs> and yeah, Which now, one's space jammed? Now, <laughs> just Daffy. Stuart, Super Grover is also Grover. No, no, Dan, we don't know that. neither of them is the monster at the end of the book, right? No, no Grover <laughs> is. It is the monster at the end of the book. Spoiler alert. He's so embarrassed about it. <laughs> I, I'm sorry to anyone who we just spoiled the end of the monster at the end of this book for. <laughs> yeah. You would have found the answer within a minute. Anyway. I mean, there is... There is half of a spoiler 
in the title. Oh, only that there's a monster at the end yeah. of the book. And the book ends. Not the oh Henry. <laughs> yeah. It's true that it's not the never-ending story. Sure. That it's not Franz Kafka's The Castle, which ends mid-sentence because he died before finishing it. So I hope that answers your question. Yeah. And anyway, now... worthy of O. Henry, the twist at the end of the monster at the end of this book. <laughs> let's uh, let's close out with our usual final segment. O. Recommendation became the crypt keeper, right? Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. That I like that backstory. The, the crypt keeper is the, is the corpse of O. Henry. Um, Stuart, why don't you uh, start us off with a recommendation of a movie you actually liked? Um, okay, so I've been seeing a lot of movies lately, but I'm going to recommend uh, one I saw very recently at the Angelica Theater in New York City. I mentioned the theater because uh, it led to a very immersive experience. I went and saw Snowpiercer, mm-hmm. a movie about a... Uh, I'm planning to see that this Saturday. A future where the entire planet is frozen. and all Like the movie Frozen. Of, I, I don't... Is that a movie? <laughs> Frozen? Yeah, it is. So, and all that's left of humanity uh, lives on a super train. So, in the Angelica Theater, you can constantly hear subway sounds, and it was super freezing cold from the cranked up AC. <laughs> so, so, it was immersing, immersive. <laughs> so, the things going. that usually make the Angelica a terrible place to go for movies. Perfect for Snowpiercer. They should have so, called Snowpiercer Super Train to Cold Town. <laughs> <laughs> All aboard! Let me call. <laughs> Bring your parka. Let me call director Jun Ho Bong of the host. Yes, of the host. Um, and Memories of Murder, another movie I recommend, which I actually this, like much more than the host. Yeah, um, Memories of Murder. Well, is you're, a good movie. that's crazy. You love monsters. I do, but I don't. I think... Maybe it just shows how great Memories of Murder is. Exactly. There you so go. So Snowpiercer is great too. Um, it's in some ways, I feel like it's a movie that would be much less good in the hands of a less skillful filmmaker. Uh, it's a great sci-fi movie. It gets a little bit heady and a little bit overly metaphorical near the end. Uh, in some ways, it feels like somebody uh, if somebody were to make a movie of the Bioshock video game with all, all the plasmids and shit, that's kind of how it feels like. Um Kind of with some great Wizard of Oz references and everything, but uh, I'm not going to talk that much more about it. It's great. You should go see it if you like sci-fi and or action. Well, as Sounds I, awesome. As I referenced earlier in the show, uh, I went to England recently, and you know what that means. Country dropper. I saw a lot of movies on plane. Oh, uh, uh, time yet again. That's for Dan McCoy's plane corner. <laughs> Where I talk about What's that in the sky? <laughs> Who's that sighing guy? Dan McCoy, flying so high, up in the blue, where the movies are new to you. Plane corner. So I watched uh, five movies. Wow. Well, going there and back. <laughs> and five you hate movies. And you hate books. <laughs> like, and like sleeping. 14 hours worth of possible movie watching time. So I watched... Uh, what the hell do I watch? <laughs> wow. Really made an impression, huh? No, no. I, I got this. Solid recommendation. I so it. I watched I Love Trouble over and over again. I watched the Lego movie. I watched uh, The Hunger Games Catching Fire. Sure. I watched 12 Years a Slave. Catch that kid. I watched <laughs> Muppets Most Wanted and Jack Ryan Shadow Recruit. Are the, you recommending all of You're these? You're recommending the last one over all the others. That I would watch any of these movies. Not on a plane. Wow. Oh, wow. Enjoy them all to one degree. So what you're saying is... Shadow Recruit? Yeah, even Shadow Recruit. Which, by the way, I wanted to mention, uh, after uh, we trashed Three Days to Kill, Kevin Costner is uh, the sporting 
uh, actor, the main, like, the second male lead in Shadow Recruit. I guess Cam Sprano is probably the second male lead, but uh, Kevin Costner is, like, Chris Pine's handler at the CIA, and uh, he's very enjoyable in it. And speaking of Three Days to Kill, I noticed as I was going home, uh, flying home, that the guy in front of me who was wearing a black trench coat and had one of those stupid haircuts where it was very shaved on the side and very long on top and had his sunglasses. Yeah, and he also looked back and he had his sunglasses on the top of his head the entire time he was in the plane. Yeah, in case it got bright on the plane. And who uh, put his... Uh, chair all the way back. Which Keep basically spinning makes a you... word picture, a portrait about this man, Dan. <laughs> this guy, You're like sure. Charles Dickens. <laughs> this guy put his chair all the leaned his chair all the way back in front of me, which basically makes you a human monster in my book. Human monster. Uh, he was watching Three Days to Kill. That was what he decided time? to watch. He watched it over and plane. over again. Yeah. Slow mo. No, I felt very validated had... in my hatred for this man when I saw what then his movie choice had been. Wow. So what you're saying, Dan, about the movies you saw was you think they should get these motherfucking movies off that motherfucking plane and into and their watch hearts. them, yeah, <laughs> and onto their TVs, onto their eyeballs. So, uh, Stu Elliott, what do you have to? You really could not remember my name for a moment. <laughs> it's true. We've known each other for almost ten years. And you were looking it's directly at You're looking face. right at me. There's only two. There are only two other hosts besides you. And my you see problems with words work. are well. Yeah, I'm your boss, documented. Dan. Couldn't even remember my name. Yeah. Just kidding. I'm just saying I'm boss. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm just super cool. I'm a rude dude with two. <laughs> you know, that's just how it is. Anyway, I wanted to recommend a. The Croods. Star of the Croods. Yep. Sometimes nude in the shower. Occasionally uh, booed on stage. Uh, Flued? Is that a word? And enjoying the music of Yahood Amenuin. Sure. (laughs) But anyway, so. Likes his pork stewed. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. Don't want to be gooed. That's when goo is thrown at you. (laughs) But I love the art of Steve Rude. I already used that one. What about lewd? <laughs> I used it, but that was before a word. Now it's a name. Oh, okay. Anyway, occasionally lewd. Uh, so I wanted to recommend a good Greek myth movie because I haven't mm-hmm. seen anything recently I really liked. I watched I watched on a plane the the first Amazing Spider-Man movie, the fir- the first one of the ones mm-hmm. with uh, what's his face. Yeah. Uh, and I didn't like it very much. I was disappointed in it. So yeah. anyway, I and so I wanted to recommend a classic Greek myth movie, but the only really good ones that come to mind are that are not. Just wild retellings of the story. Your, uh, you know, Orpheus the Poets and things like, or Blood of the Poets and stuff like that is uh, the Ray Harryhausen movies, which I assume our listeners have seen or are already aware of. So instead, I'll recommend a Greek movie. How about that? Uh, called Zorba the Greek. Called Zorba the Greek, uh, or rather, uh, I think I'm going to recommend a movie called that people have probably already heard of, but they may have missed it when it came out. You guys, I think, have seen it. Called Dogtooth. Uh, which is nominated yeah. for the Academy Award for Best Foreign Film, and it's a weirdo movie about a mother and father who keep their kids in their house and teach them wrong things about the outside world, including what different words mean, and also are deciding which daughter to pair off with, the son to have sex with. It's a totally crazy movie, but in a way, I feel it embodies somewhat the morality you find in Greek myths in that the authority figures are not bound by what we would consider goodness or justice and instead create a world in which the main characters, the kids, have to survive or figure out ways to free themselves 
uh, even though the, prob the only probable fate is destruction because they really can't survive in the outside world when you think about it. So it's not a retelling of Greek myths, but I feel like it embodies that sensibility in some ways. That's interesting, Elliot, that you say that because IMDb user Cliff Brissett says, not only is it one out of ten, <laughs> <laughs> but he was lured in by promises of an awesomely dysfunctional family, insanity, and depth. But where was the plot? Yeah. I mean, it's a movie told through incident. But for some but... reason, they decide to stretch it into an hour and a half of torture and not the good kind. So I guess you listeners are going to have to decide who you're going to believe, Elliot or Cliff Brissett. And I can recommend a different movie, too, I guess. But uh, One out of ten. You know what? If you don't like that one, I'll recommend a French movie set in Greece, Z. How about that? Sure. Loosely based on the on, coup, Zorro. on the on the military coup that overthrew the Greek government. It's a really good kind of whodunit <laughs> political thriller. So there you go. If you want plot, watch Z. If you want a weirdo creepsy movie, watch <laughs> Dog Tooth. You've, you've beaten my skills <laughs> at finding negative reviews of movies that you recommend. Put it, the, <laughs> put it on the DVD case. If you want a weirdo creepsy movie. <laughs> Ellie Kalen of the Flophouse. <laughs> um, so guys, that was that was a pretty crazy episode. Of, a lot of, of, lot of, lot of, lot of ends, a lot of outs, a lot of zaniness. I look forward to listening back to it and remembering what the hell we talked about. Because all I remember is that at one point Carl Gugino sat on my lap, I think. <laughs> yeah. And Dan was complaining that, that we... I'll never watch this lap again. that didn't like uh, how little we talk about the movie or something. Yeah, like, well, yeah, he I, will hate this episode if he's still listening. He isn't. No. Um, so all so the talk you did about that was note. wasted. <laughs> I'll tell you what. Let's end on a cheery note. Flophouse forever, right, guys? The three Flopsketeers, yeah. all, all for, for one and one for flops. Yeah. 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 yeah there's okay. Stuos, forever. Danos, and Elyatanian. <laughs> <laughs> the three Flopsketeers. <laughs> and the house cat. So I guess it's four. The four Flopsketeers. Yeah. 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 I mean, house catamus. Like D'Artagnan isn't really one of the. The Three Musketeers. But he's but only Italian sounds awesome. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> thank you. It sounds kind of like Biff Tan. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's it's a cross between a musketeer and a bully from from back to, from the nineteen fifties. <laughs> uh, so on that note of a word that sounded kind of like another word, but not really. <laughs> for the Flophouse, I've been Dan McCoy. I've been Stuart Wellington, and I remain to this day Elliot Kalen. Good night, everyone. Yep. Hey, to us. Hey, it's Miller time. <laughs> Is it Miller time? <laughs> yeah, it's 10.05. Yeah. So it's uh, it Miller five time? past Miller time. So are we going to record this? Or are we Miller just going to talk about how it's Miller, Miller time? time. No, let's tell you about the precise <laughs> definition of Miller time. I mean, I'm not it's the right authority for this. 10 p.m. is Miller time, which is, is you'd think it would be earlier. Yeah. Like a, like a, like a six or a... Well, it's it's seven. Not really, it's uh, it's. I would think work. it's ten oh five because it runs on the TBS broadcast schedule. I guess they don't do that anymore. Mm -hmm. They're very funny. <laughs> anyway. <laughs>